2: Welcome back to another episode of Within The Lines, coming at you on Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. It was a predictably boring, I don't want to say boring, a predictably not that much happened episode of Loki, episode 3. Yeah, a little detour, a little little midpoint detour. Um and we're we're just going we're just going to keep fucking rocking, which is what we kind of predicted. Uh we'll touch on that once we get into the episode, but we kind of s- foresaw this coming even though we s- foresaw it in a different manner. So this happened with WandaVision, not so much with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Maybe just because that was more like a movie. Um, but you know, there there needs to be episodes like this, and it is episodes like this that change Loki from being a two and a half hour movie to a six hour miniseries. Bingo. Um, so we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> All there is to talk about that is, um, and we're reviewing Luca, staying on Disney Plus. Luca, the latest Pixar released. Last week we said maybe go see it in theaters or see it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Just Disney Plus. We were wrong. It's not even in theaters? No. They were like, you know what? We don't want money for this. Yeah, I don't. All the Pixar movies are just going on Disney Plus for free. That soul. So I don't know what. They just don't care about the okay. money of Pixar? I don't know. They're in it for the love of the game. <laughs> yeah, we're going to review that. <laughs> um, just a little bit of a spoiler. Well, spoilers in the episode as always, but a little bit of a spoiler before we get there. Um, Lower tier Pixar movie. That's all I'm going to say. Let's discuss. Money!
0: Fly ball into right field. She is gone. I don't feel so good. Hulk. smash. Hey, look up. You
1: can put it on the board. Yes.
2: Loki episode three picks up exactly where we left off. Left off episode two. Yes. A little bit of overhang. We saw um, Lady Loki, or should I say Sylvie? Sylvie. Um, or should I say Enchantress? She ain't fucks with Loki. That's all I know. Um, well, we saw her tapping into the TVA's uh, the the mind, the mind. What is it, TVA agent? Are yeah. they agents? Yeah, they're agents. The TVA agent's mind gets the trying to get to the timekeepers' gold elevators, um, and it was just a classic. She's gonna go to the TVA, gets everyone distracted, is gonna fuck everyone up. Get right near the elevators. Loki catches up. More people come to fight her, and then boom. They teleported. And it was just a, a classic, like this is the end goal of the series. We're gonna tell you what the end goal of the series is, but we're not gonna give it to you right away, of course. Like we're only in episode three. We can't finish the fucking series yet. Um and then they you know, they get stuck on a planet which I looked up and it's just like an outer planet in the Cree domain. Um nothing really significant in the comics other than it just does exist. Okay. It's part of like Cree land or whatever. Twenty seventy-seven. Um, and it turns into a, you know, a sidetrack, some action, mostly just character building and mostly yeah. relationship building between Loki and Sylvie. Um, re- a lot of dialogue, especially on the train. There was a, I want to say, five, six minutes straight just dialogue scene between the two, um, kind of introducing Sylvie as a character and whatnot um, and kind of creating that that relationship. You know, she's not necessarily hating him anymore. Maybe mm-hmm. she does. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty uneventful, pretty sidetracked and just setting up the, the next three episodes of the series, which is very predictable. Yeah. Um, and especially with this show so far, episode one and three have been so dialogue heavy. Yeah. Um, and that's what you get in series like this, where it's not an hour and a half movie you have to pump out where you can sit down and have the, you know, the scene between Mobius and Loki in episode one, where they're just sitting at a desk and that's the fucking action of the episode is them talking. And then this its just them trekking across a planet together, talking on a train together, talking like you're just getting introduced to these characters um, in a deeper way than you would with a film. Yeah. And um, as far as the planet itself, very purple, very beautiful. Uh, it was great visuals. Looks fucking awesome. Putting that budget on display. Yeah. Uh, would have been great to see in a theater somewhere. Yeah. Do you think they would ever do that? You just go to the theater each week to watch the Loki episode? No. I don't know. Marvel's got money. I mean, maybe, but that'd be sick, but I don't know. <laughs> I would like it, but, or just get a home theater in your house and watch it that way. All right, I'll work on it. Um, So that was great. So I have a few t- talking points. One minor talking point, Well, just before we get into the serious stuff, um, in the opening where she's just drinking margaritas with the other girl, I didn't realize that was a TVA agent and I thought she was like accidentally going to knock over a drink or something and that's going to be why the timeline had to get wiped. Gotcha. I thought that was going to be like a stupid origin for her. And I was so going to be like, what the her fuck? For a variant. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, a few touch- talking points. One, just a small comment that I saw, I didn't see a lot of people talking about on social media, was her saying that the plan took years to put into place. Yeah. So Sylvie has been doing this for a very long time and Loki just came and fucked it up. Yep. Which, Real dickhead. That, that got a mischief. That whole it? thing, like years and everything, that just, uh, that confuses me. Because she's, like, not really in time, but she oh. is in time, and it's, like, years. Maybe she keeps, like, a watch on her so she knows, like, what time and how long it's been. Yeah, and I think the plan is um, – the plan was – I it feels like just to distract them. I don't think she was trying to create these multiple branches off that go through the red line. I don't know. Just based on what I saw, I thought maybe she was doing that to distract the TVA, get them to pretty much clean house. That way she could go to the TVA and go talk to the timekeepers, maybe fuck them up, maybe make a truce. I don't know. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that was a that was a goal to open up Diversion, the TVA itself, so she could fucking do whatever she wanted in there without their entire army of agents. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, and it just goes back to what we said last episode, predicted it, Tyler predicted it, and I hopped on the prediction because it was just so predictable, and not a lot of people saw it coming, and they should have because it's just classic movie-making, show-making um, strategies, and that is that the TVA is most likely going to be bad. We find out later in the episode that the agent that she did mind-wash – was not created by the timekeepers as Owen Wilson's character thinks he was. Yep. She was a variant, uh, human on earth um, variant that they turned into a TVA agent, probably wiped her memory, yes. all that stuff. Um, so TVA, obviously not great. Um, they're hiding shit at least. Yeah. And I, it's just like you said, it, it's classic. You know, there was a war. The TVA came out on the plus side of this war. And now they're kind of ruling with an iron fist, whatever. They yep. want the timeline to be what they want. And it's, things aren't as they appear. Owen Wilson probably was on a jet ski when yes. he he probably – what do you think he did? He probably, like, <sighs> did he crash into someone when he wasn't supposed to yeah, on he, a jet ski? He went, like, seven in a five-mile-an-hour no-wake zone <laughs> when he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, and he created those wakes, and that was the diversion. And he's a fucking variant. Um, Your life's fucked now, dude. So that, that explains that. And there's probably other subtle things we could pick up on um, – you know with the other characters that i'd have to go back and watch like the one office guy he interacts with maybe there's something there where you could kind of connect his origin or whatever the case is yeah um but so yeah they're wiping them tva's bad we don't know how bad yet was lady loki enchantress sylvie i don't know was she previous to the multiverse war yeah i still don't understand how like variants and shit work with one timeline my theory with this is that she is part of a different timeline that existed during the multiverse war, and she saw it, and she, whatever reason, somehow and enchanted her way, whatever, to surviving it, got into this other timeline, and like that's why that's how she knows that the TVA isn't what they, because she was from before the TVA. Yes, got that it. is my my personal theory. I fucks with that um also i wanted to touch on sylvie as a character i don't know i looked this up as soon as i heard her name uh sylvie lushton is a character in the comic books i don't know if you did research on this Type. i I actually didn't even think about it um i'll just read you her origin on marvel.fandom.com sylvie lushton was just an average girl living in broxton until the asgardians moved to their home moved their home of asgard to oklahoma That would be pretty sick. Fuck yeah. Uh, Not long after that, Sylvie woke up one day with magical powers. Unbeknownst to Sylvie, these powers were given to her by Loki for yet unknown purposes. With her new powers, Sylvie moved to New York City, become a superhero, and joined the Avengers. She chose to take on the name and style of Amora the Enchantress and speaking in a Fox – Fox? F-A-U-X? Yeah. Asgardian manner however later later when Loki personally explains Sylvie's existence he states that he liked the idea of creating a mortal that suspects she's one of the Asgardians so it's assumed that she was in fact never alive until she was created by Loki her entire existence and memories perhaps being part of this I don't know if they're gonna strip that entirely because they they take origins from the comics and they twist them yeah they use little bits and pieces that will help fit the story they're trying to uh, tell yeah so i don't know if this is necessarily going to be in her timeline loki literally created her maybe they do go down that route i don't know if they necessarily will um you know because it says her existence and her powers are the work of loki maybe she does maybe in her timeline loki did create her Um, but she does turn into the enchantress um and she was part of the young avengers posting as an Posing as an Asgardian exile, Sylvie was eventually recruited by Coat of Arms to be part of her Young Avengers and began dating Melter. Uh, Coat of Arms is Lisa Molinari, who I don't know who that is, if I'm being honest. No fucking clue. Um, So we've been talking about how they're setting up the Young Avengers. Uh, I've been telling people on Twitter. She feels like an adult to me. She she is kind of old, but I think Young Avengers in the... In the, in the sense of they're just new? No, I... I like, it's not the Avengers. It's like... I feel like they may pass that plot point because they, they casted someone who was an, an adult, not a young adult. It, who knows? Who knows what they do? Maybe she turns into a kid. I don't know. But just that the fact that she was in Young Avengers and they've been setting that up and it's going to be down the line. And because I, I responded to someone on Twitter about this, they're like, well, who's going to be the face of this group moving forward? You know, Spider-Man has his Sony issues. You know, Chadwick's obviously no longer with us, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, they're obviously setting up the Young Avengers. Like, they're probably going to get through this phase or two or however many phases, and then it's going to turn over to all these other new characters. Um, and maybe she's part of that somehow. I know she's not technically, quote, unquote, young. But who cares? It's fucking comic book movies. Maybe they twist she, it. she's the adult leader of the Young Avengers. Maybe. Because you know you can't just have kids running around. Um, there's like there's like moral issues with that, yeah, so how they <laughs> how, how they um <laughs> explain like was she created by a Loki in another dimension. It seems like she is another Loki maybe or maybe she thinks she's another Loki because in yeah. the comics she was created by Loki so she might have Loki's memories. Um, but it does look like she's going to eventually turn into this Enchantress character. Again, I could be tripping, but I thought there was a woman with black hair who was casted for this series and rumored to be Lady Loki. Okay, well, let's get into my next theory, Ty. Because that's what I thought, and then she showed up, and I was like, guess not. Let's get into my next theory. Talk to me. Where are they right now? They're fucked. They're on a planet. What What are they in? Time and space. They're in an apocalypse. Yes. Where was Enchantress slash Sylvie hiding in Apocalypses? She was. My theory is there's another Loki. There's another Loki, and we're going to get, like, a Loki team up. That'd be sick. There is another variant Loki who's pretty much trying to do the exact same thing that neither of them know about, and that's going to be the big reveal in Episode 4 ep- episode four, because they're in an Apocalypse. Yeah. And that's where the, the that's Loki their has been hiding. Yeah. And it's not a coincidence that they're in an Apocalypse. Like, they set this up on purpose, the writers, that is, and – the planet's literally getting fucking destroyed, and that's an easy way to explain how they'd get out of that situation, get another time pad or whatever, and then they join up. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a scene in the trailer where Loki was, like, with a bunch of groups. Like, he was, like, with a group of, like – they look like outlaws or something. Yeah. What if that's all just a bunch of Lokis? Maybe. Um. I, I will say there's another casting that people are predicting is another version of Loki. Okay. So it could be that guy? That- it could be the lady Loki? I I think we're going to get a team of Lokis because they they went out of their way. And this is another this is like um, I'm looking at this in the sense of a writer, not saying I am a fucking screenwriter, but shit, maybe I should have been. I really enjoy this stuff Um, that looking at it in the in the sense of a screenwriter. They went out of their way to explain to Loki, but really explain to the audience that there are many different Lokis across the timeline of different size, shapes, figures, whatever the case may be. That's a great thing where you explain to a character in the show, but really you're explaining, you're explaining to the explaining audience. You're explaining to the audience, and it's foreshadowing. It's it's a perfect setup to explain why there could be yet another Loki. So I'm just going to say it's Richard E. Grant, mm-hmm. um, and he's rumored as like the, the surprise casting in this show. And he's expected to be like an old man Loki, and if you look at him, he looks exactly yeah, like fucking he does Tom, look like Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. He really does. It's incredible, and he's a great actor. And so I feel like he's going to be a surprise. I think they said it's like King Loki or something. Yeah. And so I feel like he'll make an appearance, whether that's to save the day in Episode Four. Um, there's one picture right here with him and Tom Hiddleston side by side. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah and it, it doesn't have to be necessarily like. It could be a different one. This guy might not show up till another yeah. episode, but I think they're in an apocalypse and there is another Loki hiding there. And that is going to be the saving grace. And then there might be a fourth Loki and a fifth Loki. Who knows how many Lokis they fucking go to. Give me as many Lokis as possible, but I, I want f- into the Loki verse. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's kind of where my mind is at. Um, you know, King Loki, if we just look at his Marvel fandom page, Um, geez, this, these ads, Marvel fandom, I'm not a fan of your ads. Um, similarly to his (laughs) earth 616 counterpart, Loki started working for the all mother of Asgardian ordered to them to erase one of his past crimes for the records for each job he got done. Oh, just as his counterpart, this Loki rescued Sigurd from Mephisto though at a later point, his er Earth. but think about it. Let's go all the way back. Rewind like the TVA (laughs) episode one. The girl points at the fucking devil and, like... I think that was just, like, it was Loki. It's got the horns. Or? Or it's still Mephisto. We're rocking with Mephisto Maybe not Mephisto, but what if it wasn't Lady Loki in that, necessarily, timeline? That one was Guy Loki. Maybe there's other Loki she's working with that she just hasn't revealed yet. Could be. Could be. That's why she's been so effective is because there's been a team of her doing this shit maybe or i i would i would probably go with she doesn't know there's another (laughs) that would be my but i very well could be but i think that's there's episode it's got to be the start of the episode because they're on a fucking or or so you're either we're either going to get a loki at the start first five ten minutes whatever or episode four is going to be The same time, from the TVA's perspective, it's going to be a lot of Owen Wilson. It's going to be a lot of, like, them trying to fix a bunch of stuff. Maybe he's starting to figure out, like, little signs about the timekeepers. You know, he's starting to doubt it a little bit. And that's just – that. that's – actually, I think this is what it's going to be because that's just a classic way to move the series forward is it's the exact same timeline but TVA's point of view. And then you get Episode 5 and 6 to finish the series. And then the episode – the end of Episode 4 is, you know – kind of going back to them on the planet with this new Loki. That's the reveal at end of episode four that sets up episode five and six. That's what I think is going to happen personally. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, now that you say it. Yeah. And I could use me some more Owen Wilson because he's <laughs> fucking great in this show. And he was not in this episode and it's at heartbreaking. all. And while I enjoy Enchantress or Sylvie or whatever the fuck we're calling her and she's great. God damn it. If I don't love me some Owen Wilson on screen, <laughs> the man's charming as shit. Yeah. He's been fantastic. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think we're getting the, the multiple Lokis. I think we're getting uh, probably end of episode four with the TVA spin. Get some more uh, doubts creeping in about um, the timekeepers. And more people might be upset because we're not getting the people. A lot of fans want the, like, reveals right away. Yeah. Um, you're just not going to get that. Um, that's my that's my prediction, Ty. You got any other talking points? Lokis, by. Yeah. Big time confirmed that. But, like, duh. Um, Every fucking, like, mythology mythology god is well they yeah. just fuck they don't care well yeah there's the thing about how he's gen like loki in the comics or whatever is like gender fluid and yeah. pansexual pretty much like he, he doesn't have sexuality and gender norms as a human does which it can be hard for people to grasp that because it is a human playing this character made by humans and blah 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 but the entire idea of mythology is like they're not fucking people they don't have genders. They don't, you know, necessarily the have gods. sexuality. They're they, above people. Yeah. They Even just though be fucking things back then, when people talked about the gods, they probably talked about them having sexuality and whatnot because I mean, people humans created these fucking gods. You know what I mean? It's not like OJ. Gods created humans. <laughs> um. No. Yeah. Also, uh, Lady Loki. Also, by confirmed. Did? It? Oh yeah, because I guess she, he said what like, like oh like you. It just didn't matter because this is a new character, so whatever. Yeah. Duh. I mean, that I was just sitting there, like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Now the real like problematic thing is like, what is it when you are getting a little flirty with yourself? Yeah, different timeline. (laughs) You. I mean, is that incest? I don't know. Is it incest with yourself? Does a baby pop out? Just a third version of Loki? (laughs) A baby Loki? Ooh, is there a baby Loki? (laughs) Baby Loki. Because they were getting a little flirty at times. Yeah He was a little drunk He was singing to her There is a kid Loki Is that gonna be The Young Avengers? Oh Loki and Loki Have sex Make a Loki baby Who's kid Loki's Parents in the the History Rebirth Loki got killed By the Void Hopefully Loki doesn't get killed by a Void. Loki manipulated Norman Osborn into leading his Dark Avengers... That's another thing they're setting up is the whole Dark Avengers thing. Yep. ...and Hammer into attacking Asgard intent of having it return to its proper place in the Nine Realms. However, he underestimated the destructive power of the sentry who had given his who had given into the whispers of his Void persona. When Steve Rogers led the true Avengers in defense of Asgard, Osborn had the Void unleash his full power and Asgard was destroyed. Obviously, there's no more Asgard. Seeing that, his plans... Had gone farther than he had intended, he used the N- the Norn Stones to help the Avengers fight against the Void and was killed by it in front of the shocked Thor. I'm sorry, brother, were his last words. Wow. His death was far from permanent. Before the Siege of Asgard, Loki had manipulated Hela into taking his name out of the Book of Hell, allowing himself to be reborn instead of truly dying. Thor, missing his little brother despite all of his villainy. Fucking Thor, you're always falling for it. <laughs> found him reborn. <laughs> Found him reborn as a much younger Loki in Paris under the name of Saru, Locke in French, without any memories of his acts as an adult, and blah, blah, blah. Thor's the most gullible person in all Marvel <laughs> comics, right? <laughs> He's got to be. He's got to be. Um, that's wild. I do think it was kind of crazy, just going back to this episode, like, the power level they gave Loki. Yeah. Like, he stopped a building from falling. Yeah. And some people online were like, this kind of makes his death to Thanos where you tried to stab him with a knife feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's the theory that he basically sacrificed himself for Thor because Thanos kills 50% of everything, so he's going to kill one of the brothers. I fucked, oh. with, I fucked with that theory. Oh. Makes Loki look more like a good guy. Okay, I respect that. Because you stop in a building, you you use more than a knife to try and kill the strongest dude in the universe. Well, he's trying to sneak attack him. Gotcha. Because I think he knew that, that he wasn't going to, you know what I mean? So you going to try and stab him in the back? Yeah that's pretty much exactly because <laughs> he was giving him his undying faith or whatever he said yeah um, I think that's I said I had three talking points but I'm pretty sure that's, that's all I got TVA is bad yeah Loki maybe fucked maybe saved by another Loki I think that it's I think it's saved by another Loki personally I think he just dies <laughs> the rest of the series is just Owen Wilson that would suck well, it actually, I, I will say very good movie making or just like filmmaking choice. Never showed anything with the other timelines that were created. Never showed anything with the screen to like say any of them were made permanent. Um, still just waiting. Still just waiting to see if the mul- that multiverse is cracking. Yeah. Dr. Strange is just going to wake up out of bed. <laughs> like, fuck. I saw a thing, a theory today because I think you probably have heard this, but it was just like a picture on facebook and it was talking about like how he mastered and became the sorcerer supreme um you know in like a year whatever blah 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 and the theory is that when he went in the time loop with dharmamu he was really in the loop for like 10 years and that's where he learned all the sorcery because he just kept you know learning practicing yeah just a training ground imagine that 10 years of just getting killed by dharmamu i feel like he would have been more fucked up when he came out of there because he just picked up right back where he left (laughs) And, like, I would have been like, I haven't seen you in a fucking decade. (laughs) Oh, that was an easy way for Marvel to get rid of, like, one of their most powerful villains as well. Dormammu? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Time Stone's fucked now, so. Yeah. Big time can make a comeback. Unless he's just like, Yeah, I'm a man of my word. Told that Doctor Strange dude I want to fuck with him again. (laughs) Like, I totally could destroy their fucking planet, but I I, I made a fucking promise. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's all I got for Loki Episode 3. Um... We know what's happening next episode. That's all I got to say. I think we do. And it's plenty of fucking Owen Wilson. And I hope he gets enchanted and there's a scene of him and Lady Loki riding a jet ski together. Well, he want not get enchanted because Lady Loki's on the planet. I just down the line. Okay. I hope she enchants him not because she's episode. like, I got to use a memory. And it's him. Him inventing the jet ski. He's the creator of the jet ski. Oh, Ooh. wait a second. Wait a second. Time. You're looking up the jet ski inventor who created the jet ski <laughs> does he look kind of like Owen Wilson Clayton Jacobson the second Norwegian American inventor he could be Norwegian um Man, American. before the jet ski the invention of the jet ski was during the early 1960s 1960s yeah I'm thinking like 90s he feels more like a 90s jet ski kind of guy. By the mid-1960s, Jacobson had quit his work in finance to pursue developing his jet ski concept full-time. The first prototype was up and running by 1965. Wow. That's crazy to me. Like, y'all didn't even have TVs, but you made fucking jet skis. They had TVs before Not 1965. Not like good ones, though. They were, like, fucking huge. I just, it blows my, me away how much, like, humanity has advanced at such a rapid rate. Just the past hundred years. Well, it's just, you know, I don't want to get into evolution, but it's just if anything proves the exponential growth of us as a species no i don't understand what bluetooth (laughs) (laughs) why i don't get how it works you've never just googled it no but like truly like i understand like computers and everything the wires radio waves but like but like so like radio wave just communicates shit well you remember radio waves and chemistry each wave is like its own frequency Well, yeah, but like, so they probably just match the frequency or they have its own specific frequency. I don't know. That shit blows me away. (laughs) Like, I get computers and electricity and technology How does Wi-Fi work? It's like the same fucking shit. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) All right, Ty, you're a little behind. This is shit that people were blown away by like 20 years ago. It still just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm a smart guy uses short-range radio waves, not an internet connection. Okay. Luca, Jay. You don't even need a cellular connection. Let's get into Luca. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor has been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Disney Pixar, Luca, starring some some guys. I actually do know both kids in this movie. They're in other stuff. Like the one, one kid was in Blockers. Okay. Um, the other one was the brother in Shazam. The the uh-huh. handicap brother yep. Jack Dylan Grazer as Alberto and Jacob Tremblay as Luca. My okay. Rudolph was the mom. Didn't catch that. Yeah, I thought it was uh, Tina from Bob's Burgers. And Riley told me it was My Rudolph. Jim That's Gaffigan the, the dad. Okay. Emma Burnt, Berman as wh- how do you say the girl's name? I don't remember honestly. I don't remember, but it's it's spelled G I U L I A, and I just don't know how to pronounce. Julia. That. I think it was Julia. That's probably Julia. That's a crazy. That's a very Italian way to spell Julia. <laughs> <laughs> it is Julia. You're right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Luca on the Italian Riviera. Unlike an unlikely but strong friendship grows between a human being and a sea monster disguised as a human. That's not really what happens, but I mean that's a very close-minded description. Um, set in a beautiful seaside town on the Italian Riviera, or the original animated feature is a coming-of-age story about one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Luca shares these adventures with his newfound best friend, but all of the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret: he's a sea monster from another world just below the water surface. That feels more accurate. Um, Luca, yeah. So it's a uh, again, spoilers. Uh, coming-of-age story. Uh, he's a sea monster. He turns into a human when he's on the surface, and everyone hates the sea monster. And he is, you know, competing in in this race um, because he wants to win. He wants a um, what are those things called a trophy? No, he wants the, the the scooter. I can't think of the word right now. Oh, the the fucking the oh motherfucker Vespa. The Vespa. He wants the Vespa because him and his friend uh, Alberto, you know, really into Vespas. They think they can go anywhere on <laughs> a Vespa, which you really can if you're, you know, really thinking about it. Big time Vespa guys. Um. And they meet the girl, uh, um, Julia. Julia. I, <laughs> that spelling fucks me up every time I read it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just they kind of have this secret. It's kind of fish out of water, literally. Um, and he's just not supposed to be there. And he was going to go off to his uncle's house if he was, uh, if he got in trouble. And he was going to go to his uncle's house because he went to the human realm. So then he ran away. Blah, blah, blah. They're trying to win this race against this, like, villain, this this rude guy, Giacomo? <laughs> I don't know if that's how you say it. I don't know either. Um, <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Even in the article I wrote, I just said the antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> and I just – so that's pretty much the story. Look, I'm just going to be upfront. I didn't – it's not that I didn't enjoy this movie, but this yes. movie is just – Pixar is – you try not to grade things on a curve because every movie should be graded equally. And maybe there is a little bit of um, of a Pixar curve here. But just compared to their other works, I mean, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, it, it's hard to give this kind of movie a rotten. You know what I mean? Like, that's what makes – I at the end of the day, look, Pixar makes great movies. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but it is hard, the movies they make, even when they don't hit a home run. To give them rotten. That's why we've only really seen, I believe, one rotten Pixar movie ever. Which don't look it up because that is going to be the random movie review, uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. So do not look up the Pixar. Rotten I mean, I was looking scores. at it the other day. I don't fully remember. I got an idea of what movie it is. Um, so I, know, I know what movie it is. It's Cars Two. Yeah. So you know, don't don't look at that tie. Um, Cars Two is the worst. But you know, you look at it and. This franchise, Pixar, has had two movies out of 23 that weren't certified fresh, and one of the two that wasn't certified fresh was still fresh. That's Cars 3. It's sad that the Cars uh, franchise is literally the three lowest. Easily their worst. I don't know why. What's wrong with Cars? They're just not that good. Comparatively speaking, they're not that good. But the first one's banger. Two and three, not. But then you even look at, like, the other movies that haven't been critically acclaimed. Like, The Good Dinosaur. Like, it's hard to give that a rotten. Yeah. Uh, Brave. Again, hard to give it a rotten. Monsters University. <sighs> and then you just jump up. That's crazy. Monsters University is an 80 at number 18. And then jumps up to 88 with Onward. Yep. And then they have 17 movies, 88 or better. And the thing with that, too, like, it jumps up to Onward with 88. But, like, it's audience scores in, like, the fucking 90-plus. Yeah. So, it's like, even if the critics don't love it as much, that's it's in fucking... You know, home run. It's just – it's hard to give these movies rotten because of the nature of the movies they are, um, with Cars 2 being the lone exception because it felt like a Disney – you know, Disney Channel – yeah, kind of side story like the the bonus videos you get on the – you know, with Mater. Um, so it's hard to give this a rotten. that being said, I do think this is – should be much lower on the Pixar scale. I mean if you look at it, it is low. It's only beating out – you know, it would be number – 17 now it would bump onward to 18 be number 17 out of 24 so that is lower but even i feel like as someone who's seen every pixar movie now um i i feel like it's lower than that you know i feel like it's in the monsters university kind of a good dino brave kind of category which is 77 to 80 76 to 80 percent
0: um yeah and
2: the thing with like cars 2 and everything like those are sequels luca is like an original animated film Yeah. And usually if fucking Pixar makes an animated, like original story, they it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's rare that they miss on, on a non-sequel like cars two, Um, but this, it, while it's still very, very good, like, I just want to be very clear. Like this is on par with any other studios. Best work. It's Pixar. Uh, I don't even know if it's on par with other studios. Best work. It's, I mean, it's, would be a top-tier animated film for DreamWorks. I don't know. Don't fuck with Shrek, Ty. Shrek is a banger. Um, it's a good movie. It's still a good movie, but it doesn't have that Pixar it factor. It doesn't. So let's get into our movie ranking scale to kind of explain our thoughts on this, because we're kind of talking in, you know, vagalities. Is vagality a word? Or did I just make that up? <laughs> it fucking is now. Um. So... Onto the movie ranking scale again, five categories for anyone new here: plot slash story, visual cinematography, key elements, characters, enjoyment. One through twenty, you get a score out of one hundred. We have reviewed seventy-seven movies, seventy-six movies, um, a lot of is movies. Is this seventy-seven? Um, it is. This is seventy-seven. The seven, double seven, lucky number seven, Luca. And I'm going to talk about some of the problems I have with this movie, especially as we get into plot slash story, which I gave a thirteen. I gave fifteen. Few points higher than you. Okay. Talk to me about it. Look, so I was already iffy about this movie, and then Riley was like, you sound exactly like this YouTuber who I watched that reviewed this movie. And then she showed me the video, and he made a lot of good points. That probably soured me even more a little bit. Um, There's just not a lot of – there's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot of – so multiple things they could have done better. One, just from a, a nuisance standpoint from myself, you don't really have to do this in a kid's movie. But I would at least like to know why they fucking turn into humans. I mean that's just part of the lore. You just got to accept that. I again, that's not Yeah. But okay, so but there was just no depth like okay, so Luca, we don't really explore his world at all. We don't really no. know what he does as a quote unquote sea monster, what his life is well, he's like. A well, <laughs> we there's no you, what makes Pixar so good and you look at a movie like Coco. Very similar just in terms of like Somewhere he's not supposed to be nope. in disguise because he goes to the fucking death realm. Yeah, um, <laughs> a little darker there. The, the, it's not beautiful, Ital- Italy. <laughs> the the difference in how they kind of set up Coco or not Coco. What's his name? Luca, Miguel in Coco. Oh, in the, Coco. They set up Miguel's world in Mexico. His family. He's a shoe worker, or not worker, but whatever. You know, he makes shoes. You know, his family's very anti whatever. You know, he's got his 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 uh grandma coco's papa and they they don't like him and all this stuff and they just did a much better version of building that world and then you get into the the outer realm and you get into like all these other things and you know his passion for music and how his family hates music and all this stuff and with luca it's not really that it's like hey don't go into the fucking main world they're bad they don't like sea monsters there's no like and the the reason for him running away is like oh we're just gonna send you to your uncle's house like you know how many times i've been threatened to go to military school as a kid like you can get a little bit more creative than that. Um, uh, bro, his uncle lived in the deep, though. That's just <laughs> darkness. I don't even know what that is. Just like, darkness. <laughs> and why would someone just live there? I uh, don't you You're a fish. You're just vibing there. Um, That's why his uncle was a fucking weirdo, Jay. He didn't want to go there. So that could have made it better. I also feel like, and this is a point the guy made, is the stakes were like really low. I mean, there were stakes of you know his true identity being revealed and all that stuff it was so predictable that it was going to rain on the final race yep. i mean the second oh, he had time. That dream it was like okay this is what's going to happen um but just the the stakes of like the race itself like it was just hard to get invested into it because it's like okay they're getting a vespa and he ends up going to school and that's like cute and everything it's just it, it just felt like a very it just lacked that pixar like i don't know creativity depth there was just, just not as much depth. Even a movie like Onward, which is just an adventure movie, you have that whole dad dynamic and everything. And yeah. This just didn't have that. It was literally just like, hey, we're not supposed to be here. And you, they teased it a little bit with Alberto's dad and everything and all that stuff. I just – again, thirteen's not a, a negative score per se, but – Yeah, I agree with most of what you're saying. Um, you don't spend any time in the water with his family. Yeah. You see him out in the field with his little fish sheep. Yeah. Or chickens, or whatever the fuck they are, (laughs) and then with his family at his house, and then he goes to the shore. Yeah, and that's it. And for an animation studio that has had two full movies underwater with the fucking Nemo franchise, like they should have the ability to create that underwater town and and you know I don't like community. Yeah, and showcase that and showcase where he's from more so than they did in this film. Um, because they've done it before. It's not like they had to figure out how to do it. Like they have shown this before. And if you look at like Nemo and the opening and the school and all the different families and shit, like that is so much more, it shows so much more than this did. Yeah. And that's fucking what? 20 years old now. Yeah. Um, so they could have, and they didn't, and they wanted to focus on the Italy, Italy aspect of it and him being above ground, which is fine, but it takes away from the backstory and the emotional weight of the story that you're watching. Well, and the whole thing, there's, like, some subtle – you know, I know you, you told me there's, like, subtle, like, you know, um, you know, like, gay kind of being in the closet, whatever. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's even more broad than that. It's more – you know, you could definitely connect that, and it's one of these stories what Pixar does so well where you could kind of connect it to your own personal situation no matter what it is, and that's why it's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's whatever it is, whether, you know, it's, like, a sexuality that you don't want your family knowing yep. or just anything about yourself that you don't feel comfortable with, you know, around your family, your peers, whatever the case is um you know that's kind of the the thing is because he's hiding who he truly is because everyone's going to hate who he truly is and then he reveals who he truly is and people accept him not everyone accepts him which is like a like a good i don't want to say message but it's like being okay with you know the people like knowing that some people are just you know bigots and aren't going to accept you i mean i yeah. don't outright say that but then finding the people who are good and everything and being comfortable in your own skin yes all that's a great message and that helps with the plot a little bit in the story and that helps with my key element score when we get to that but Mm -hmm. it could have been done so much better because they didn't explain like who it's not that necessarily explaining but like who he is as a sea monster and we didn't really get to see who that was you know what i mean if that makes sense no yeah yeah 100 Um, percent um And maybe – I'm looking at – I'm trying to look at other Pixar movies to look at their runtime, and a lot of them are around an hour 40, which is what this checked in with. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they just have – I mean, 49 is the longest I've seen. I don't know if they just have a personal goal to never make anything over an hour 50, but maybe this movie would have benefited from an extra fucking 12, 13 minutes, you know, something minuscule in the grand scheme of things. And maybe it's a a COVID casualty. I mean, that's a bad word to use, but maybe it's a (laughs) – you know – A a byproduct of COVID because they did have to do some of the production of this during COVID. And maybe they had a little bit of bigger plans and they wanted to push it, you know, to an hour 49. I mean, Incredibles to hour 58. So there we go. Could this have been an hour 55 and been much better? I think Pixar gets the benefit of the doubt that they would have, you know, delivered on that better if they got an extra 15 minutes to kind of do that world building slash character building that they just didn't do. Yeah, it's rare. With studios where I have that trust, but I think you give them more time. It's not dragging. It's yeah, making the film better. Um, and this movie felt short too. It did. It felt very boom, boom, done. It, it felt like, and that's you know, kind of the plot as well. It just it felt short. It felt like a, uh, it it just happened. I don't know. Hard to explain. Yeah. Um. You know, fifteen, a few points higher than you. It's just. It worked for what they were trying to achieve, and there's nothing new, you know what I mean? Kid trying to find himself, and villain trying to catch the kids, and having a goal and work together as a team, and learning about yourself, and maturing, and learning lessons. Like it was, it was a baseline good enough. It doesn't go over the top for some of Pixar's other stories, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, Visuals slash cinematography, Jay. See, this is where I feel bad because I do feel like Pixar gets graded on a curve here, but I gave it a 16. I gave it a 16 too. This did not look like a Pixar film. Thank you. That's what I was telling Riley. I was like, there was moments where I was like, okay, that looks good. But I told Riley, yes. I was like, this movie could have been made in 2012 by Pixar. Dude, I and I know, it looked exact same. Like, I'm not bullshitting you. I pulled up the good dinosaur and watched it side by side on my phone. Good dinosaur, like a decade old at this point. It's not that old. Maybe like six years. I don't remember which one I pulled up. That was a decade six years. old. It's six years old. There was another one too that I pulled up that was like a decade old, and it just doesn't even fucking touch what those looked like that they had before. Yeah, and I feel like that's probably the biggest COVID result. Yeah, is and they and it's not like they couldn't do it; they chose to stylistically animate the film this way. Yeah, but that doesn't have that Pixar look to it. Yeah, um, I, I you know I referenced it in the article, but like Toy Stories four opening in the fucking rain where oh, that's your seat That is so that is your fucking scene. beautiful. That is the greatest animated scene I've ever seen, and that's a few years old at this point. Yeah, and it's just this—this this is not even close to that. Um, when he comes up out of the water, there's a few scenes like on that beach where you can see all the individual individual pebbles and everything, yeah. and the water swooshing and like you know the trees and stuff, and it looks really nice. Most of the movie isn't that. Yeah, yeah, and like I mean, you even look at Soul. Uh, you know, they had those those New York City skylines that just yes. looked fantastic. And you saw some of the scenes. I mean, Pixar does it in all their new movies, where there's a scene where they're flexing, they're animating. You know, Coco, the scene with all the you know bright lights and everything. The city. Toy Story Four rain. They they're gonna flex their abilities. That's just what they're couldn't. They can do it at this point. Yeah. And they had some scenes where you got the the Italian kind of you know city and whatnot, and it's just it. I don't know if it's a, a lack of processing power. Um, you know, working COVID, if it was a lack of time and resources. So they just kind of had to, you know, I don't know how fucking animation works, but it did look like (laughs) a 90% finished, like what they wanted it to be. And it looked, you know, kind of related to Onward, which Onward looked fine. And I'm sure this got a similar score, but it just, it looked like a good DreamWorks animated, you know, movie, not, you know, a Pixar, which again, graded on a curve, but that's even movies like Frozen 2, like that looked really good. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. Disney, but still um, that looked better than this. And, there, there's definitely room for improvement. Um, it's not bad, as you know, evident by sixteen. Yeah, but, and that's the thing is Pixar is one of the only animation studios who has the capability of putting out and a twenty nineteen twenty. Yeah, and this isn't that. This is four points lower than what they're possible, or, you know, capable of. Which I guess is fair that it's we're not really grading on a Pixar curve. Then it's just Pixar is the only one to reach that to top level of that. Yeah, and they're right where everyone else is at this movie, um, as opposed to that next tier Pixar, you know, visual looking film. Yeah, even though I gave Mitchell's versus Machines a twenty, but that was more Th- because of stylistic yeah. and how they chose to do yeah. animation, rather than it looks like you're watching a real fucking scene. Yeah, have you have you watched that Toy Story four opening recently? Not recently, no. I watched I remember it in theaters and being like, "Holy shit, the yeah. rain!" Yeah, I watched it like when I was riding, and it's just it's the most beautiful <laughs> fucking. I was still blown away, <laughs> just blown away by how good it looked. Yeah, and like I watched that rain scene, and then I watched the bike chase in the rain on this. And it's so different. Yeah. Just doesn't even fucking come close. Yeah. It's wild. Still pretty good looking, though. is good enough. Key elements. What'd you give it? I gave it a 16. Give it a 17. Um, and it mostly has to go with, well, multiple things. One, this is a family movie, and it is a family movie. Two, they got some, hu- you know, attempts of humor. Not as funny as some of their other work, but there is some humor in there. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, just that that Pixar message that they're gonna send with every movie. Um, you go back to every movie, honestly, except maybe Cars, and that m- that might be the downfall of the Cars franchise. For what? There, it's, like their message. There's no like underlying message moving. I guess it's like a competitor asshole kind of becoming like a good guy. For cars. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really not like something relatable. Ratatouille, everyone can cook. That's still, like, a message, though, that, like, you're it capable is. of doing things that, <laughs> if you broaden it, um, the good dino, I don't really know, kind of like Family, Brave, again, I, I've seen it once, I don't know, but, I mean, you look at the lower movies, though, like, Monster University, same thing, there's some, that's well, what they struggle with. The lower movies are the movies that don't have that underlying kind of connection, meaning, you look, like, inside out, it's okay to be sad and have emotion. Yeah. Um, I can't think of another one. <laughs> I mean, Soul fucking handled <laughs> death and everything. Yeah. Wally's like a, a kind of a, a cultural statement on, yep. you know, humanity technology. I don't really know Monsters, Inc. Um, I don't know. Humans aren't bad. <laughs> but they, they have these meanings and whatnot, you know, and this this has that. And it's one of the better meanings that they've had. You know, the whole being comfortable in your own skin, literally. And, you know, yeah, what, whatever, you know, avenue you take that in personally um, based on your own personal experiences um sadness level you know you always get the pixar sadness you know there were some moments that were pretty sad you know talking about his dad in the end where he sells the vespa to give him the train ticket so he can go to school luke could go to school like that was sad riley was bawling i didn't get a tear Mm -hmm. um and that's what you know kind of gets the higher scores yeah not as emotionally moving as the other ones and i think that just has to go back with the lack of you know kind of character building and you know all that stuff yeah, and and that's why, you know, I gave it a seventeen because while it doesn't have the Pixar story, while it isn't animated to the best that Pixar can can animate, it's up there with their message and yeah. what they're trying to convey. Um, this feels more family oriented than like family and adults. It's more kinda tailored towards kids, I think. Yeah. Um, with the story, which maybe that's why it didn't hit at home as much as it is like a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes for you know, critics. Yeah. Um, is because this one was tailored t- more towards a younger audience, but I think what they were trying to do in the message that they were sending was, was really good. Um, I like how there's the scene of, and it shows like how different people are kind of are forced to, to show themselves and expose this kind of shit to where Alberto is forced to do it. And he fucking is thrown out and everyone finds out what he really is and who he is yeah. without like him choosing to do so. And then Luca turns on him. Which is fucked up. He's not the first Luka in the last month to turn on his teammates. Is That, a Luka, that was a Luka, Luka, Doncic Luka Doncic joke because there's a lot of turmoil that he might not re-sign the max because he wants to leave Dallas because there's a lot of issues going on there. Oh, fuck. And he's, Luka Doncic is kind of a crybaby. We haven't, we haven't done the sports pod in so long. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when have we ever talked about basketball in the sports pod? We club? usually bring up basketball like once. And it's literally just saying we're not talking about basketball. <laughs> yeah, it's just – it gets those points – um, the highest I gave it was a 16. I'm not, well, that's a spoiler. Highest, uh, score 16 visuals, 16 key elements. And uh, I don't know. It's just not Pixar. It just feels cartoony. I don't know I, what it is. I, I think the message is Pixar. That I think that's is, yeah. where the inside, the skeleton of it is Pixar still yeah. with this, you know, sh- be comfortable with who you are, allow people to see that. And like, I, I mean, I picked up on it a little, but that line where it was like, People are still gonna hate him for who he is, but that's fine because he's gonna surround himself with people yeah. who love him for who he is. And like that was a very like I was like oh shit like that's when it clicked for me. Yeah, and I was like that is a very on the point message and like very realistic. Like, no, not everyone's gonna support you if you're gay. Not everyone's gonna support you if you're this, if you're that. But surround yourself with people who do, and just be fucking happy with who you are. Yeah, um, that's very Pixar. Yeah, so I I appreciated that. Yeah, I could see where this movie was born and kind of the – I don't know. It's almost – I think – I don't know if it's – co I, I really don't know if it's COVID or there's just – I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel bad giving this movie a lower score than others because the message is so positive. But the message, while the skeleton is there for Pixar, the surrounding elements are not Pixar. It's like they gave the interns – like this was like half d- made by interns or something. <laughs> I don't know. You just offended a lifetime animator who worked so hard on this movie. <laughs> characters, I gave it a 14. Okay, I gave it a 16. Okay. Um, I was a few points higher than you. While I agree that, that the depth necessarily wasn't there on every character, um, I appreciated every... They had a huge cast of supporting characters who each had their own individual roles and parts to play on this. And I appreciated that as opposed to I wish we could have got more Luca, but Luca had a character arc. Alberto had a character arc. His parents had a character arc. I didn't say that twice. Yeah. Um, you know the Julia had a character arc. Like all of the people played a role and had growth throughout the film, except for maybe the antagonist. But he served his role. Well, okay. So that's again the the lack of building that holds it back a little bit. And honestly, the antagonist. I, that also hurts it for me because that is, like, your main antagonist in the film. And like I saw on that YouTube video that the guy said that Riley showed me, like, this is one of the lamest antagonists the Pixar movie's ever had. Like, he's literally just, like, an asshole big time. Like, I, there's just – again, there's, like, no – Real fucking weirdo, too, to just be competing with kids. Yeah. <laughs> and you look at it like some other movies that are – you know, like – I mean, this movie we both didn't love as much, but it's still critically acclaimed as – Uh, Toy Story 4 I mean the antagonist is you know the toy she doesn't she just wants to be loved whatever she has her deeper meaning yeah Coco you have the guy who stole the music and how that all ties in um you know Incredibles is more like a superhero movie um it's just I I told Riley this kid the kid felt like he could have been the the chef from Ratatouille the bad chef big time could have been his son or something yep looked exactly like him with the fucking pencil mustache and shit too hey Pixar theory that they're all connected somehow. I'm sure there's 12. that was talking, him as a kid. I'm sure there's twelve YouTube videos out there already. That was him as a kid. He's way too tall to be him as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Pixar Chef is very short. Um, yeah. So I it's just 14 again. That's a seven out of 10 if we look at it that way. But and just some of the side characters. I know there is you know a story arc for the main three. I guess even Julia's dad has a little bit of a story arc. You know, yeah, he's the guy who you don't expect to be accepting. Almost in the sense of like a non-accepting parent, you know, um, and he does. But I just I felt myself wanting a little bit more. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. I'm I'm giving them credit for how many different things they achieved, and while none of them were A plus home runs for character arcs and character development throughout a story. They did a lot of different ones. Like, Alberto starts off this cocky, I know everything, this, this, that. And then he starts working with Julia's dad and becomes more mature and, you know, aware of this stuff. Luca has his character art or character arc. I'm going to say development. I can't say fucking arc when I'm talking (laughs) fast. I say art. Um, You know, where he grows and then he turns on Alberto and then, you know, reveals who he is to help his friend. And be there with him, um, you know, and then like the dad, and then the parents become accepting of Luca on the on the outside world and everything, where they're just trying to fucking keep him at home and keep him safe and not expose who he is to the real world, even if they support who he is and are cool with it. Yeah, Um, kind of the opposite of like Julia's dad, where he's not supporting and then he changes to where they're they're concerned until they find out like, okay, I guess this is just how he's gonna have to fucking live, and they're gonna be in fear for him, but it's fine. Yeah, even if they support who he is. Um, there, there's a lot of different things that they achieved. So I, I will give them credit for that. One thing I just thought of right now that, uh, that guy brought up on that video, it's not really related to this, but the whole like sub, you know, sea storyline, whatever of his parents trying to find him and he, they're dumping all the kids in water. Like what was their plan there? Because if it was her, their son, he would have turned into a sea monster then they would have tried to kill him. I think you just grab and run. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, Oh shit. That's Luca. We got to go. <laughs> that's what made me laugh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, it, again. I just found myself wanting a little bit more. It's fine. That's fair. I, this movie is not a A+ home run. Yeah. So what'd you give it for enjoyment, Jay? I gave it a 15. Give it 16. Uh 15 is the same as in The Heights. Yep. Um it's in my I gave it a 16, same as in The Heights. I, I I don't know. I don't have the dock open right now, but it's in my like You know, wouldn't go out of my way to watch again. Oh, that's what it is. It wouldn't go out of my way to watch again, but I would watch it again, and I would recommend it to someone who has not seen it. But I just compare it to a movie like Soul, which I liked more than you did, and kind of the meaning behind that. Like, I enjoyed that movie a lot more, and a a lot of Pixar movies in general, um, I just feel like are more rewatchable. Even Onward, which I haven't rewatched, like I would definitely throw that movie on, you know, and watch it again. This, I don't know if I would, if I'm being honest because yeah. it doesn't have as much of the humor and it has the great message but it just it just like happens. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. It's I <sighs> Yeah, I get where you're coming from with that. And it's not as rewatchable maybe as an onward or something. Um but I appreciate it for what it is. I had a fine time watching it. I think like you said, it could have used more, which means the pacing of it was a quick, easy-to-get-through watch. Yeah. Um, I never felt myself bored throughout the runtime. Yeah, it went by so quick. Um, and so I didn't have an issue with it. I, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed what they were trying to achieve in the stories. Um, would I have liked it if it had better cinematography, if there was more depth to the characters? Yeah, sure. But it's a light enough film to where it's easy to watch, to have a good time with, and enjoy what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, so... 16. Um looking here, Jay. Final score. Hmm. What'd you give it? I, I feel bad because this is a, a terribly low score for a Pixar film, but I give it a 74. Gave it an 80. So, I mean, six points difference. It's not that bad. Final score, 77. Puts it 35 with Nomadland, the Oscar winner movie. <laughs> So, I mean, they're doing something right. <laughs> Tied with Nomadland, right underneath Rise of Skywalker, Prisoners. Which is probably high. Yeah. Uh, right above King of Staten Island, The Devil All the Time, Project Power. Um, look, those are not movies that a Pixar movie should be associated with, and that's just kind of where this one falls. Yeah. You know, you got to scroll all the way up to 19 and 17 for Soul and Onward yeah With 85 86 almost 10 whole points five and a half yeah and 86 um, Rhea 86 mitchell's in the machines 87 that's just this is just our animated block yeah, that's here <laughs> oh fuck oh fuck i fucked up there we go <laughs> um, and then you go up even higher like wally 92 like it's just it doesn't touch that level of oh yeah not even close um but it is good for what it is i mean 77 isn't an awful score well, it may not be above the line, Jay. It's within the lines. Yeah, it's worth watching if you haven't seen it. Um, I, I would be lying if I said it wasn't a disappointment just because of Pixar. Yeah, for sure. Um, you have such high expectations, and you hope to watch an instant fucking classic every time you put on a Pixar film. Yeah. This isn't that. Don't go into it expecting that, and you'll probably have a better time. Yeah, now, I don't know how many other animated movies are going to be released the rest of the, the- – Oscar year, but is this even nominated for Best Animated Picture? Now, there's usually not that many, you know, candidates, so it could sneak in as the number five, but so far, we have Mitchell's versus the Machines, and Raya, Raya. and Soul, which wasn't, I don't think it hit the window, but it also wasn't released in theaters, so maybe it actually doesn't even count, because Soul, I don't think Soul was nominated this past Oscars. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know there's the theater rule, but I thought they might have, you know, ruled that off because COVID. yeah, I could be wrong. I probably am wrong. There's a lot well, of shit Well, no, because usually about. they do limited, like, the Irish. Oh, no, men. wait. <laughs> Soul 1. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> oh, I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, Soul 1, best animated feature. Okay, so, yeah, you have Rhea and Mitchells and this. Um, I don't know what other animated stuff. For me, I mean, it, it's Pixar. It'll probably be animated, or, I mean, nominated. <laughs> animated. <laughs> um, it's Mitchells and the Machines or, or Rhea easily, and I lean towards Mitchells and the Machines because it's unique the unique type of film it is, I feel like that's going to catch critics' attention more. So, other upcoming animated movies, uh, Space Jam A New Legacy. I don't know if that's going to count. Not a fucking chance. Uh, Hotel not Trans- a fucking chance. That Hotel- wins an Oscar. Hotel Transylvania Four. What if what if LeBron becomes a fucking Oscar winner, Jay? <laughs> Hotel Transylvania Four. Okay, that's just vigorously. Kids those movies, movies are sneaky are, good. They're good, but they're that's just it's not an Oscar baity movie. I don't. Those movies are sneaky good. Adams Family Two. Disney's Encanto. Oh, that's right. Sing two, no. Um, Light is next year. Turning red is next year. Rumble is next year. Yeah, for me, it's it's our it's our fourteen and seventeen here with Mitchell's and Raya. And I lean towards Mitchell's. We both gave it a higher score. Peter Rabbit two. Oh no, I didn't. You have two points lower. That feels right. Diary of a Wimpy Kid animated. Oh, that's gonna be a show. I think. Never mind. Luca and Cantu Raya, yeah, it'll probably get nominated. I don't think it's gonna win. I mean, it's gotta compete with Rock Dog 2, Rock Around the Park. Um, Sounds like a fucking banger of a movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Armin White. Oh Jesus Christ! I fucking hate this guy, Jake. Can we just can we just boot this segment because he just pisses no, me off. This is my segment. He just every week, pisses me off. Armin White, what do you think this week, Ty? Armin White, how's he feeling? Oh, you know, this... I mean, it's got an 89 critic score. He still gave it rotten. What were you about to say, though? This one feels a little lower, so he could tr- flip it and say that it's a banger <laughs> of a movie. But it still has an 89 critic score just because we thought it was lower, so I don't know. Surprise me, Armin. Fresh. Wow. Casa Rosa's film makes a virtue of being simple and unchallenging. Despite the, mor- the mortal peril in which the lead character spent half of the movie, the overall mood is light and and larkish rather than tense. So he likes that there was no stakes. I'm going to guess he didn't pick up on the underlying message. Yeah. If he picked up on that, I mean, this thing's just rotten into the fucking ground. Yeah. Uh, Pixar strikes the right note for this. He doesn't seem like a smart fellow though. So it makes sense. He wouldn't pick up on certain things. Yeah. There was no aggressively uh, minority based plots or anything. Like there's just kids. Yeah. So, there's nothing for him to shit on and say it was cultural appropriation of Sea Monsters. Yeah, I don't, I'm I'm looking at his, I just need to stop thinking, like, critic scores, and if we're a little low on a movie, he definitely gave it fresh. <laughs> I'm trying to look at, like, his whole review is just him, like, recapping the movie. No, I, I won't give him shit for that, though. That shit's hard, bro. I, I yeah I don't I, I don't I don't know. Luca had an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and that shit's glitched out, and I it just will not show me what it is now. Yeah, it's not working. So he gave it fresh, though. I'm pretty surprised. Yeah, I'm, good for him. This is a fresh movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's hard to give it a rotten, but when you re- grade it on a review on a on a curve, I don't know. You know. We're, plus our scales tough on movies, man. It's hard to get good scores. I don't know what my cutoff is of what I would give a fresh movie. Cuz we have above the line within the lines, that's all our own thing, but like if I just had to be say rotten or fresh. Eurovision. Rotten, even though I enjoyed it. Oh. Mad Max. Probably fresh. It's probably like 75. 75, 75 and a half is Mad Max. It's probably 75, which again, this you is You gave this a 74, so Which is why you. it's hard for me. <laughs> That's fair. For me, I gave it a little above that 80. Comfortable saying it's fresh. Um, all right. So, the worst Pixar movie in history, even though it wasn't my worst Pixar movie. Um, also wasn't set it in the like top 10 for you? No, it was second worst. Cars right. 1 was number one. Cars 3 was like number eight. Got it. Way too high on Cars. Cars 2, also set in Italy for part of it because he's torn the world as a racer. Again, the worst Pixar movie. This one's not as random. It's always Random Rotten Tomatoes Score to end the episode. Not as random. Ty, you did some homework before this, so you might know this. You might have been. I I just saw it was green, and it was the worst one. I quickly skipped past it. Two hundred and nineteen reviews. Okay, by top critics only. No, just all reviews. Okay, what did Cars two get? We're gonna go. Michael Jordan. Wait, what number was Michael Jordan? Twenty three. We're gonna go Michael Jordan twenty three percent. Not that low. Really forty. It was a shit movie. Like, it fills in the 20s. We're at a 40. That's that's the Pixar bump to where people feel... It's you feeling bad for shitting on a Pixar movie. That was people feeling bad for shitting on a Pixar movie. Hey, it had some funny moments. That was a Disney original film that should have been on Disney Channel. (laughs) (laughs) That they released at their top fucking highest credibility production uh, for animation. Can you tell me who directed Cars 2? no fucking clue jay john Lasseter. not like the the you pixar, don't know who that fucking that's is? the pixar guy yeah who's like the executive producer on every single pixar and now disney fucking studios movie pretty much he was the guy and he made that shit show yeah everybody gets one well he also had planes which got a 25 percent. that's wait, his wait, worst wait. movie i don't know what it is about talking fucking vehicles of transportation that he just gets off on he was a big time thomas the train guy well, that was executive producer, so director, yeah, was Cars 2. He also directed Cars. He's gotten four rotten uh projects attached to his name, Planes, executive producer, Cars 2 director, Planes, Fire and Rescue, executive producer, and Olaf's Frozen Adventure, executive producer, mm. which Olaf's Frozen Adventure was like 10 minutes, so can't really count it. Yeah, and then you look – Wait, was that that ridiculous fucking short film that they put before a movie that made, made people – Yeah, that made people upset. I never watched that, but that's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ty, that's all I got for you, though. Um, Next week, Jason, it is my birthday week. So you think, hey, we should do something, be cool, be nice to Tyler. You're making me watch F9. Family, family, family. Do you remember that that joke you made while you were drunk in Vegas? What was that? I was trying to tell Victoria about it, and I was too fucked up to remember what it was about. (laughs) The guy was just singing, family, 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 (laughs) family. Like, that's what he was singing on stage. (laughs) And you said that was the new uh, Fast and the Furious uh, soundtrack. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> F nine in theaters, and that's it—just in theaters. Yep, you're gonna have to go see it in theaters. Ty. On my birthday weekend. Can you just grade it objectively? I'm giving it an objective, objective score, but I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I'm excited. If I'm surprised by a good movie, then I'm surprised and I'll give it an it's honest score. It's a fucking dad action movie. It's ridiculous. Get out of your head of it's, ridiculous. it's not a street racing movie it's anymore. It's ridiculous. That's not what it is. It's ridiculous. I don't care. They don't have superpowers. Why can they do what they do? Give it's me a, a Marvel movie. show and set, set the fucking barriers where they're like, hey, this is the ridiculous shit we're going to work with. And then I'm like, I, but this is like, I fucking hop into a car and turn into a fucking transformer. Look, man, it's fucking, we're like five movies into this, like switch in the in the franchise and look it's got a 64 percent on Rotten Tomatoes it'll probably be okay and just enjoy it you ever watch Hobbs and Shaw I've never seen that one it's actually okay <laughs> I had a good time with it <laughs> well hopefully you'll have a good time with this I don't know I feel like mainline Fast and Furious movies ain't for me I feel like you've you've told yourself that so that is now the mindset haven't you're enjoyed in the past three I laugh at their serious moments Cause they're so ridiculous. Just, yeah, it's just, also ridiculous that a guy gets gems inside of a fucking gauntlet and wipes. They out set half the, the boundaries. <laughs> they set the boundaries of how ridiculous we're gonna get, and then work within those boundaries. And I'm all for it. Fast and Furious is just like, what other ridiculous shit do we want to do now? Yeah, you, they have a budget and they want to have fun. Why not? I can't take it serious. How many Fast and Furiouses are they gonna make? Twelve? I think they said they're they have eleven planned. Jesus. I thought they were going to end after Paul Walker died. No. <laughs> oh, no. Big RIP to him is what they said, and then said, let's keep making money. <laughs> fast Nine next week. F9, actually, is just what it's called. Go see them theaters. F9. We're going to review fast next saga. week. As well as Loki Episode 4. Yeah, in the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.